This is Amy Poehler. My new movie, Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2, is coming to theaters June 14th, and it's making me feel joy and sadness and anger. Definitely some disgust. Rose! And I think a little fear. But I'm also feeling these new emotions like anxiety, embarrassment, envy, and ennui. It's what you call the boredom. Okay, that one was weird. It's going to be the feel-everything movie of the summer. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters June 14. Get tickets now. Brought to you by the Mutual Audio Network. With a name like Mutual, it has to be good. The following audio drama is rated G for general audience. The Sonic Summerstock Playhouse. Welcome to the 2011 Sonic Summerstock Playhouse. And once again, the Sonic Summerstock Playhouse brings you classic theatre adapted and performed by some of the very best audio players. So without further ado, here's your host for this week's show. Okay, the star is here. Raise the curtain and let's get this show in the road. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Jerry Robbins from the Colonial Radio Theater. And welcome to... Hey, hold the phone. What are you doing here? I'm hosting this week's Sonic Summerstock Playhouse show. Oh, yeah, huh? Yes, I am. What do you know about Summerstock? Dibble, as it happens, I spent many a summer touring in summer shows, everywhere from the North Tonawanda Music Fair in North Tonawanda, New York, to the Cape Cod Melody Tent in Hyannis. Wait a second. You played in a tent? Yes, many times. Wow, and I thought this joint was a dump. It's not a dump. It is from where I'm standing, bub. Don't be silly. It's beautiful theater. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Anyway, hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Dibble, and I am here with old what's-his-name to introduce you to tonight's show. Is it a comedy? Huh? What is tonight's show? Well, Dibble, and all our listeners, tonight's play is 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea by the great Jules Verne. And at the microphones, we have Jack Ward, John Bell, Jeffrey Adams, Taylor Kent, and Patrick Sheehy as Captain Nemo. The curtain is going up, and the Nautilus is getting ready to dive for tonight's production, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. their appearance, Jules Verne foretold the submarine, the balloon, the airplane, the telephone, the long-range projectile, and many other inventions. But perhaps his greatest writing achievement was the complex but very human character of Captain Nemo, the tragic star of 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. In this man we glimpse Homer's Ulysses, Shakespeare's Hamlet, and ourselves, our dreams, our disillusionments, and above all, our instinctive yearning for good. These are the things that make Captain Nemo and his great adventure timeless. And so it is with pride and pleasure that the Studio 707 players present Jules Verne's 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. does not need new continents. It needs new men.
My name is Pierre Arnault. I am an assistant professor in the Museum of Natural History in Paris. The year is 1866. Delving into the unknown as I do, there is little that surprises me, and yet, today in this modern life, unbelievable newspaper headlines shock the world. Extra! Extra! A steamer attacked by sea serpent! Read all about it! Extra! 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 Another ship attacked! Navy to sea monster! Extra! 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 I was in my New York apartment at the conclusion of my most recent scientific tour and had planned to return to Paris with my valuable collection of specimens when... Professor Arnaud. Yes, Conseil. What is it? Commander Farragut of the United States Navy. Here to see you, sir. Commander Farragut? Professor Arnaud, this is a great pleasure. Well, believe me, Commander Farragut, the feeling is mutual. In fact, I am somewhat overcome to have a man of your reputation seek out an obscure professor. Quite the contrary, sir. My government would like to see France represented in the expedition in search of the monster. You mean you wish me to... I am holding a cabin at your disposal in the President Lincoln, sir. We leave for Brooklyn Pier in three hours. You have a fine ship, Commander. Yes, we're well armed, Professor. Why, didn't I see a breech-loading cannon atop your foxhole? You did, sir. But my best weapon of all, Professor, is Ned Land. Okay. Ned, go over here if you please. Hi, Captain Farragut. At your service, sir. Professor Arnaud, Ned is known all over the seven seas as the Prince of Harpooners. If and when we track down the sea monster, he'll show you some real action. You have a real test for your talents, Mr. Land. It is a fabulous beast, indeed, that can stove in the side of a ship. You're speaking of a social, I take it. Begging your pardon, Professor, if there should be a monster, a sea monster, that big, that mighty, then Ned Lamb wants to be the man to harpoon it. That's the way our voyage began. A strong ship... Hand-picked man and a vast curiosity and determination to end this terror of the seas. On and on we went, past the Marquis, the Sandwich Islands, across the Tropic of Cancer, and headed for the China Seas. And then... Ahoy there! The very thing we're looking for, on our weather beam, the sea monster! I can't harpoon it, sir. The monster's running circles around us. We can't get near enough for me to use my harpoon. Right the helm, ahead as you are. It's no use, Commander. The monster's going twice as fast as we are. I know it, sir. There's only one thing left to do. Stand and fight. Up to the Foxhole Cannon, men! The Foxhole gun was loaded and slewed into position. President Lincoln was running at half speed now, and the sea monster seemed content to follow it at a certain distance, as though mocking us. The gunner, steady of eye, brave of face, took long and careful aim, and then... Fire! Watch out, sir. The monster's closing in on us. The shot made him mad. He's going to rob us. Professor Anno, he's fallen overboard. Oh, and so is Ned Land.
I trust that the state of your health is improving, Professor Arnau. Where am I? Aboard my submarine, the Nautilus. Submarine? Who... who are you? You may address me as Captain Nemo, Mr. Lan. Captain... submarine? Then you're... I am your sea monster, O Prince of Harpooners. Captain, how do you know so much about us? You told me, Professor. You were somewhat delirious for a while, and thus I learned all about yourself, your servant Conseil, and Ned Lamb. I also know that you are from the frigate President Lincoln, which deliberately invaded my privacy, attacked me. You are prisoners of war. By rights, I should place you back on deck and submerge, forgetting your existence. But you wouldn't dare. Why, that wouldn't be civilized. I am not what you so glibly call a civilized man, Professor Arno. Then that is to be our fate, Captain Nemo. I am not altogether heartless. I do have a certain sense of pity for any living thing. But of course you must live under my law. Give your word to cause no trouble, and don't try to escape. Stay with you? How long? For the rest of your life, Mr. Lan. Do you know that you ask, Captain? Are we never to see our country again? Friends or families? You'll see far more fascinating country underwater. Renouncing your world is not so painful as you think. You're simply offering us a choice between life and death. Just that. Simply, they have no choice, Captain Nemo. We will abide by your wishes. It won't be as bad as you think, gentlemen. You, Professor, will find your own published works in my library. And I will show you marvels under the sea that even you haven't dreamed of. You will live in the best quarters. You will enjoy the finest foods. Aye, but without freedom. There is always a price, sir. Be glad yours is no higher. The fed housed in comfortable quarters and we slept. But little did I dream of the wonders that tomorrow would bring. Right after breakfast, Ned and Kinsey were taken to their permanent quarters, while I was escorted to a luxurious suite adjoining the quarters of Captain Nemo himself. As I stared about me in amazement, I heard the strains of the pipe organ in the next room. And venturing in, I found myself in a magnificent drawing room, and the Capitan at the keyboard of the organ. Good morning, Professor Arnaud. You seem somewhat surprised to learn that I practice the arts as well as the sciences. I must confess, Capitan Nemo, I scarcely expected to find you a musician of such inspired music. Inspired? I see, too, that you have the priceless works of art on the walls. A Madonna by Raphael, a Virgin by Da Vinci, a Nymph by Caravaggio, and a Subshin by Moreau. I see that the professor of natural history has not neglected his cultural training. Even a museum professor can have taste, sir, and a zest for life, an appreciation for beauty. I like you, Professor Arnaud. I like courage in a quiet man, native pride. You have no answer for this turn of events? I must admit I don't know what to say. Then say nothing, but watch instead. I have another wonder to show you. I go over here and press a lever... Mon dieu! The, the whole side of the submarine is sliding back! We're doomed! 
Do not fear, sir. We are protected from the sea by several layers of heavy glass. Behold. Behold the army of the sea, Professor. The fish seem to float in liquid light, do they not? It's unbelievable! But true. The banded mallet, the Japanese cumbrus, the beautiful mackerel, all sewn by the hand of him who created all things. Then... Then you... Believe in God? Look out there, my dear Professor. In the face of such wonders, how could I possibly not believe in such a deity? But I don't understand. You gave up the world and... Merely because I forsook man does not mean I forsook God. In the sea, I sense the weaving of creation on every hand. But with this philosophy, how can you forget man? How and, and why? Why? Mankind, which has not forgotten I, has forgotten God. By making unjust laws, tearing one another to pieces, destroying... Professor, you and your friend shall accompany me on my next hunting expedition. If you will kindly don these diving suits and weighted boots, we'll soon be off on the hunt. Hunt? In diving suits? Captain Nemo has promised undreamed wonders, Ned. I can believe that, sir. Ah. We've now arrived at the forests of the lost island of Crespa, gentlemen. You have your suits on? Now please, put the helmets in place. I'm about to close the waterproof door. We were in utter darkness. The Rukira apparatus began operating as soon as our helmets were fixed firmly in place, and I breathed with ease. Now I was about to step into a completely new element, the sinister unknown, led by a man who, for all I knew, was mad. A second door located in the outer shell of the Nautilus slid back, and in another moment, I was treading the floor of the ocean. Oh, my dear friends, how can I describe the sight that met my eyes? A fantastic dream? No, more like an emotion. Yes, an emotion, that's it. I moved through unbelievable beauty, no longer feeling the drag of my clothing and weighted shoes. The water acted like a prism from the early morning sun so that we walked in the radiance of several solo colors. I could see the silver sand shimmering away to the distance of of a hundred and fifty yards and dotted with star shells, flowers and pulpy fronds of every shade and formation. What, what if my colleagues could see me now? They wouldn't believe it, no. We are approaching the old Spanish galleon. But here, friends, look as I open the gigantic chest. There, look, gold, plenty of it. Sparkling, glinting in cold salt water. My eternal bank. I fill the small chest we brought along. And now, my dear professor, we'll go to the pearl beds. All these riches we saw today, you can only use only so much. What good is the rest unless you help your fellow man? Professor Arnaud, you are my guest, an onlooker. 
I do not desire your advice. Ah, but it seems that your vase, sir, was so much need in the world. Enough! Yes, there is need. I am and ever shall be one with the unfortunate. Oh, Capitan, look! Out there! A diver! He's... He's looking in at us. Ah, yes. We're near shore. But what, what does that... What does he want? You asked a question, Professor. You shall have your answer. And even as I watched, a crew member in a diving suit appeared outside the window and gave the native diver the small treasure chest taken from the Spanish galleon. The swimmer returned to the window, humbly saluted Captain Nemo, who returns a gesture, and then the diver darts upward with his treasure. I turned and looked at Nemo. What more do you want of me, Professor Arno? A confession written in heart's blood, that though I hate the world, I love my fellow man? I couldn't answer him. If ever I saw tragedy burned across a man's face, I saw it in Nemo's. I could now understand his bitter philosophy. His moods blowing hot and cold like... like destroying searing winds. And then a week later, Ned can say and I saw another side of Nemo's nature. He had sighted the mysterious man of war. The ship fired at us! Stand back, Mr. Land. A ship of an accursed nation. You recognize me, don't you? You fear me. Now my vengeance. Torpedo one, fire! No! Capital, no! They won't have a chance! The man of war seemed to disintegrate. Captain Nemo watched it sink. An archangel of Hatrit. Then he turned and entered his quarters. I followed him as so hypnotized. I saw him uncover a picture on the far wall. A portrait of a young woman and two beautiful children. Before this little group, Nemo spread out his arms and then... Almighty God. Enough. Enough. that catastrophic occurrence, the Nautilus moved on more and more of a dream world. And then, Ned came to me with his plan. We're escaping tonight, Professor. Escape? Are we in sight of land? I just took a recon. The hill's 20 miles to the east of us. 20 miles? It might as well be 200. You know very well that I am not a swimmer, Ned. You don't have to swim, sir. We'll take the small boat. We'll meet tonight at 10. Oh, Monsieur, heaven knows I'm with you, Ned. Lay your plans. I'll meet you at ten. I went to my quarters, dressed in my stouter sea garment, collected my notes and settled down to await the appointed time. And then, music from a tormented soul, longing to break its earthly bonds. Such music as could only come from Captain Nemo himself. And then my heart froze in terror. 
so very rude. I must cross in order to make my escape. I made my way to the drawing room. The room was in a greenish half-light. Nemo sat before the pipe organ, playing as though music for his last avenue of expression in life. I held my breath. I passed in back of him. I reached for the far door. Stop! Captain Nemo arose and came straight toward me. I slammed the heavy door, bolted it, and ran to meet Ned. Is that you? We, we, let's go! Aye, sir, we've, we've surfaced to take on fresh air. They're coming after us! Quick, up on deck! Come on, Professor, hurry! Oh, Monsieur, the storm! A storm, nothing! It's a maelstrom! Quick, get on the small boat! Oh, no, Cervais! The cart is the maelstrom! We're going down! You're safe, Professor. Quite safe now. Conseil. The same, sir. And we have Ned, too. He brought us to the Maelstrom safely. We're in a fisherman's hut on the Lofoten Islands, Professor. But the Nautilus... She was caught fair in the middle of it. Went down, sir. It's no better than she deserved, if you ask me. If anyone could survive such a storm, Captain Nemo could. At least, I hope so. You hope so? Yes, Ned. After traveling 20,000 leagues under the sea with Nemo, I hope he lives on to conquer his hatred for the world, forget vengeance in his love for the oppressed. As Ecclesiastics questioned 6,000 years ago, that which is far off and exceedingly deep, who can find it out? I hope the Capitan Nemo can find his answer. This has been the Studio 707 Players production of 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea by Jules Verne. Your talented cast in their rough order of appearance featured Jack Ward as Professor Arnaud, Alfred Laurenté as the newsboy, Jeff Adams as Conseil, John Bell as Admiral Farragut and Ned Land, Craig Finseth as the deckhand, and starring Patrick Sheehy as Captain Nemo. 
Direction and sound design by Jeff Adams. Music was borrowed from the Walt Disney Picture soundtrack of 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, copyright 2008 by Walt Disney Records. Special thanks go to Taylor Kent, the Sheridan Bloomington Hotel, Bloomington, Minnesota, and Convergence. This audio play is intended as a tribute production. No ownership of copyrighted material is stated or implied. This is your announcer, Taylor Kent, saying thank you for listening. this week's showing from Sonic Summerstock Playhouse. All productions, performances, characters and scripts presented in the Playhouse belong strictly to their respective copyright holders and no copyright infringement is assumed or intended. The Sonic Summerstock Playhouse is part of the Sonic Society podcast and any shows that continue their run must receive express permission from all parties involved. That brings the Sonic Summerstock Playhouse to an end for this year. Thank you to all of our performers, writers, and editors. And next week, we return with the Sonic Society. Join us again then. I'm your announcer, David Alt. Good night. Thank you, David Alt, and thank you to our wonderful cast, including Jack Ward, John Bell, Jeffrey Adams, Taylor Kent, and Patrick Sheehy for his great performance as Captain Nemo. I think I should have played Captain Nemo. Nemo. Details. That about wraps it up here, ladies and gentlemen. For the Sonic Summerstock Playhouse, this is Jerry Robbins. And Gibble. Good night. Good night. Hiya, kids. This is Stinky the Elf coming to you from the North Pole. You know Santa Claus's workshop, right? Well, I've been asked to convey a special message to you that my boss, Santa Claus, that's right, the jolly old fat guy in the red suit, wants to hear from all the little boys and girls out there. Here's an opportunity to tell him your Christmas list and any other special holiday message you got. And on Fridays, starting the day after Thanksgiving, my boss will read your message out loud on a new podcast called Santa's Inbox, exclusively on the Mutual Network. He'll mention your first name only, plus the town you're from, and then read your email out loud so everybody can hear it. Ain't that exciting? Yeah, Sandy told me that he used to read letters from kids on the radio back in the day, but I told him, I'm only 300 years old. I can't remember that far back. <laughs> okay, what else? Oh, yeah, this offer is open to anybody. Kids, grown-ups, the young at heart, anybody who wants to send a special message or a dedication to anybody else. So anyways, start sending Santa Claus your emails now to santas.xmas.inbox at gmail.com. That's S-A-N-T-A-S dot X-M-A-S dot I-N-B-O-X at gmail.com. Kids, please ask your folks to send your email for you.